second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. sports fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray, here to talk about the playoffs, of course, as it relates to the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, Before I get started, though, let me first apologize for my voice. As you can probably tell, I'm a little bit under the weather here. And I have not done a podcast since the Lakers lost game four to Phoenix 100 to 92 and uh, been really under the weather. But I'm getting a little better. My voice is getting a little better. And I thought I'd give it a go here and uh, try to give you all some uh, some good content on our two L.A. teams. I'm wondering, though, how in the hell can you get sick? I've been in my hometown in Detroit for the last few days. And the weather in Detroit has been extremely hot, 92, 91, 90, high humidity, you know, really, really nice. So how the hell can you get sick in weather like that? I just don't understand. And maybe it's just my bad luck. So my voice is sounding a little bit froggy, but uh, I think I'll make it through this. Let me first talk about the L.A. Lakers, who are no longer in these uh, 2021 playoffs as they bowed down to the Phoenix Suns in six games. And the last couple of games was really a total embarrassment, especially the uh, game number five when they lost by 30 points, a shellacking by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, This playoff against the Suns started off pretty well as the Lakers split the first two games in Phoenix. They won game two in Phoenix, 109-102. Players were playing pretty well. And then what happens in game number four? Anthony Davis gets hurt. And there you go. It's over. In game three, I should say, uh, 
the first game in the Staples Center. The Lakers also won 109-95. So at that point, they had a 2-1 series lead. Then in game four is when Anthony Davis uh, pulled his uh, groin muscle. And uh, after that, it was all over with. He only played 19 minutes in that game. He was only two of nine at that point. So it wasn't like he was playing all that well anyway. But uh, once he did that, it was all over. And then you go to game number five. And then that's the game where they just got totally embarrassed by 30 points. Now, I understand Anthony Davis is one of the top players in the NBA. Without them, it's going to be a whole lot tougher for the Lakers to win. But Phoenix is not 30 points better than the L.A. Lakers, even without A.D. in the lineup. That was a total, total embarrassment in that particular game that they lost by 30 points. And then finally, the Suns put them out of their misery in game six, a 113-100 to 100 victory uh, at the Staples Center where Devin Booker just went totally insane on the Lakers, scoring 37 points. Kid was just simply, simply unstoppable. Pick your poison. The Suns in the game five got into the paint. Now they're knocking down their shots with confidence. And Ooh, Devin Booker wow. is staying on script. Another miss, and Booker is there. Rebounding advantage plus six. Cameron Johnson is three. Outside feeds to Booker, who kicks it in again. All right. I'm not sure about that. He doesn't look questionable to me, but. Booker three, another one. So there you have it, folks. Booker was a one-man wrecking crew against the Lakers. Final score, 113 to 100 to send the Lakers home in this 2021 season. Uh, At the end of the day, it was very, very disappointing. Again, uh, it's going to be very difficult to win without Anthony Davis, but it just didn't seem like the rest of the Laker players were in it. Even LeBron James in the game before the uh, the clinching game by Phoenix, he left the court like five minutes early. You know, you know, one knows whether he's going in there for treatment or where you just down by a 30 piece and, um, you know, he just couldn't take it and went to the locker room. Don't know exactly what happened there, but just very, very disappointing. Booker, as I mentioned, in that particular game, 15 out of 22 from the field. Think about that, folks. 15 out of 22. 8 out of 10 from three-piece land. Dude even got 11 rebounds. Three assists, 47 points. He accounted for over half of Phoenix's points in that particular game. The next highest score on the team was uh, Jay Crowder with 18 points. DeAndre Ayton didn't have the typical DeAndre Ayton in that particular game. He was only 3 or 4 for 8 points, but... They didn't need the rest of the team didn't really need to do much. Chris Paul was only four out of 12, eight points. Booker did it all. He did it all. And as I mentioned, sent the Lakers packing. So what do the Lakers need to do now? They basically need on this particular team, before I get to uh, the Clippers who are still in the playoffs, um, the Lakers, they need some shooting, man. I, I, they, they, first of all, they need to settle that center spot, figure out, what they're going to do with Drummond, who I don't think they're going to keep because Drummond is going to ask for too much money. He's going to cost too much. Uh, I thought Drummond was a bit of a disappointment after they uh, acquired him. And uh, I just don't think they're going to resign him. Uh, Palinka is saying something different, saying, you know, he fit in well with the team. He was well liked by the team. 
blah, 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 blah. That's GM speak. I don't think um, Drummond's going to be with the team next year. Uh, Mark Gasol, um, his his uh, contributions to the team toward the end of the season were sort of mixed. Don't know what his status is going to be. And then the most puzzling piece of the center position for the Lakers is Trez Harrell, who, in my opinion, just got totally disrespected by Coach Vogel. The Lakers needed scoring in this series. And uh, Trez, if he can't do nothing else, he can score some points. I mean, I think he averaged 14 points per game uh, for the season series against Phoenix. And for some odd reason, he did not get any run. And that 30-point blowout, what are you putting him in for, uh, Coach Vogel? That was totally disrespectful. You know, Trez has a uh, player option for the next season. And the way he was disrespected, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, to hell with the Lakers, I'm going someplace else. So the center position needs to be upgraded. The guard spot, you're talking about uh, Schroeder and uh, KCP. In that particular game uh, that they lost against Phoenix, the game that they got blew out by 30 points, they were a combined, I believe it was like 0 for 12 or something like that. Okay, you're not winning with that, with that kind of guard play. I know KCP was a little banged up, but, uh, you know, Caruso, he, he could only do so much. You know, let's face it, Caruso is a very good defender, but um, he's not a, a volume-type bucket maker or anything like that. The Lakers need shooting on his team, and they do not have that. Going back to the center position real quick, though, I forgot to mention, you know, I think Rob Palinka may have gotten a little cute when he let go of uh, uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard from last year's team. And uh, he let them go, along with Rondo, by the way. And um, and then the players he got in return that he may have thought was going to put the Lakers over the top again just didn't get the job done. So, Again, that center position is going to be something that Palinka is going to have to address big time. But the second thing is he's going to have to get some shooters on his team. If you look at the rest of the teams that's still alive in the playoffs, let's say like Utah and Atlanta, for example, they got the Bogdanovich boys. These guys are not related, by the way, but they can both shoot the pill. For Phoenix, you got Devin Booker, Chris Paul. They both can shoot from the outside. Denver. Um, Murray is injured, but they have Porter Jr. who can shoot it. The Clippers, who are still in it. They have, uh, dare I say, Luke Kennard. Had a Luke Kennard sighting. I'll talk about the Clippers in a moment here. Uh, Luke Kennard sighting against uh, Dallas. But they also have Morris Sr. who can shoot from the outside. Then you have Philadelphia with Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. You got Milwaukee with Bryn Forbes. Bryn freaking Forbes. What can he do? He can shoot that pill from the outside, baby. Defenses collapse on the Greek freak. You know, he can kick it back out to Brent Forbes. He'll fire up that three. Chris Middleton can also, of course, hit the three ball. And then you have the Nets with the big three. That goes without saying. The Lakers just don't have that sort of production from the outside. I think it would behoove them in the offseason to go after someone like, uh, say, a Dougie McDermott from Indiana who's going to be a free agent. Unrestricted free agent, Dougie McBuckets from Creighton. I believe it was from Creighton. That's father coach at Creighton. You know, a guy like that. Hell, I'll go out and get uh, get the corpse of J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, if he can't do nothing else, he can shoot the pill. So you know where I'm getting at. They need someone that can shoot that ball from the outside. 
you know, once next year starts, LeBron James is healthy, his ankle is healthy, Anthony Davis, his groin, his knee, his Achilles, and everything else about him is healthy. Uh, KCP is healthy. The rest of the team is, of course, healthy. And they need shooters on this team. KCP is not a consistent outside shooter. At the beginning of the year, he shot the ball pretty well. But uh, once the middle of the season came uh, through and towards the end, he was not a consistent shooter. Uh, Schroeder is definitely not a consistent uh, shooter. He His shot generally goes short, especially towards the end of the year and in these playoffs. So he's not the guy from the outside. And I'm not so sure that he's going to be with the squad either, to be honest with you. Dennis Schroeder, I keep mentioning he turned down that four-year, $84 million contract. And he may regret that to this day, but he may not be on this squad next year. So... And then Caruso also is not a uh, not a consistent three-point shooter. And then you got Benny Mack on the team, who supposedly when he got to the Lakers, uh, he was supposed to have been another three-point shooter. But as you can see, you didn't get much from Benny Mack. So the Lakers, they have a lot of questions that they need answered in the offseason. And it's going to be up to uh, Palenka and the rest of those guys in the Lakers brass to get this team back to where – they think it should be. LeBron James has a couple more years left on his contract and of course he's trying to get to six championships so uh, he can be in that GOAT discussion right now he's been to the championship I think it's been ten times, won four, lost six Michael Jordan is six and I mean there you have it one's the GOAT, one is maybe second or third place in that category so the Lakers, they have a lot of questions that are that left to be answered. But the season ended on kind of a disappointing note, in my opinion. But they are still a good team. You know, they still have the backing of the Los Angeles area. The Lake Show, Laker Nation, the Lake Joint. They'll still be around. They'll still be around next year. Palenka will right this ship, and he will get it together. Now, one of the other uh, disappointments that I have personally is of course I wanted the Lakers and the Clippers to meet up in the Western Conference Finals I was saying this all year that these were the two best teams in the Western Conference that's what this podcast is all about that's why it's Lakers centric and Clippers centric so one of the teams of course is out in the first round of these playoffs and now I will discuss the other team the Clippers who are actually on the verge of of elimination against the Dallas Mavericks, but came through. So in segment number two here, I'm going to discuss the team from LA that's still playing in the Staples Center. You know, they are still in the house. You have two tenants in there, but only one of them is still playing. And that is the clip joint. Were you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? What's up, what's up, L.A. Clippers fans? The Clip Joint, Clipper Nation, Clipper Nation in the house going to the second round against the Utah Jazz. As I am recording this particular podcast tonight, game one is tonight in Salt Lake City. The Clip Joint going up against the Utah Jazz. And can the Clippers 
get out of this second round and go to the Western Conference Finals. We shall see. But leading up to the Clippers and this second round opponent in Utah, they had to get past the Dallas Mavericks in a riveting seven-game series where the road team won the first six games. And I believe that was the first time in NBA history that that happened. And uh, then the Clippers had to win game seven at the Staples Center, which they did 126 to 111. This this series started off really, really bad for the Clippers as they lost the first two games to Dallas at the Staples Center. Lost the first game 113 to 103. Lost the second game 127 to 121. At that point, Clipper fans, Clipper Nation, Clip Joint, those fans were just besides them, themselves. It was like, okay, here we go again. They're going to choke. You know, they're, they're a better team in Dallas. You know, how can you lose the first two games at the Staples Center? Now you're going to Dallas, in which Dallas is it was probably just good on splitting those two games. Then what happens? The Clippers end up ends up winning both of those games at Dallas. They 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 came back and got it done. Game three, a one eighteen to one oh eight victory. And game four, a one oh six to eighty one victory against the Dallas Mavericks. Then they come back to the Staples Center. What happens? They lose. One oh five to one hundred. Then they go back to Dallas. And of course, they win. 104 to 97. Now you have a game seven, which they took again, 126 to 111. That one music clip that I just played by Cypress Hill. You know, you guys know I'm old school, old school music. L.A. Ray loves that old school. That's a song entitled Insane in the Membrane. And I wanted to play that clip because Kawhi Leonard and Luka Doncic, they were both insane in the membrane and they were just going back and forth Luka Doncic averaged 35 points in this seven game series and Kawhi Leonard averaged 32 points starting off with Luka Doncic this dude's just unstoppable man at least the way Ty Lewis playing him in those first few games where on the pick and roll he had um Zubox was in the game playing plenty of minutes but what happens they Dallas runs that pick and roll uh, with whoever's guarding Zubox, they switch off. Zubox is now on Doncic, and you can forget about it. Either he'll just drive past him or do the step-back three. So what does Ty Lue do? He made an adjustment, and now all of a sudden, uh, Nick Batum was getting more minutes, and he still could not stop Doncic, but you can slow him down a little bit. And Ty Lue made that adjustment, and it worked out pretty well. But Doncic scored in this seven games, I mean, 31 points, 39, 44, 19 points in game four. That's the game where he had the neck problem, stiff neck or something was going on with his neck. He really didn't look right in that game, and they lost that game to the Clippers. Uh, Then he came back in game five and scored 42, then 29, and then in the game seven loss, he scored 46 points. I mean, the kid is dynamite. There's a lot of. NBA fans, for whatever reason, don't like him. Maybe that old smirky smile that he has when he gets into a little dust-up with another player, he gives you that smile that you want to just uh, beat out of him or whatever. But other than that, man, this kid can play. It's just it's no doubt about it. He's he's definitely top 10, maybe even be top 7 right about now. And he's only 
21 or 22 years old, something like that. So he has a very, very bright future. If he, this guy doesn't get injured, he's a Hall of Fame player. You know, if anybody doesn't recognize that, then they're just not. They're just player hating or they just don't know the game of basketball. On the other side, the claw. The claw. Kawhi Leonard, insane in the membrane. 26 points in game one, then a 41-piece and two straight losses to Dallas at the Staples Center. What happens next? He comes back and puts up 36 in game three, 29 in game four, both wins at Dallas. In the fifth game, he only scored 20 points. Paul George led the Clippers in that particular game, another loss against Dallas, 105-100 to at the Staples Center. Then they go back to Dallas in game six. What happens? The Kloss puts up 45 points. He was insane. Insane, as the song says, in the membrane. And then game seven, 126-111 victory again over Dallas at the Staples Center. The first game where the home team actually got a win. And Kawhi Leonard again led the Clippers with 28 points. So again, Ty Lue made that uh, adjustment. He made that defensive adjustment finally by putting uh, Batum in there, playing more minutes, who has more foot speed than Zubak does. He actually played uh, Kawhi Leonard on uh, Luka a little bit more. Paul George played uh, Luka a little bit more, so they were switching on and off. It looked like Luka may have gotten a little tired, uh, even though he scored 46 points anyway in Game 7. But um, you can tell he was kind of drained at the end of that game. And uh, the Clippers made him work for those 46 points. They really, really did. So now you have the clip joint going up against the Utah Jazz. And I fully expect the Clippers to win that series. It's going to be tough. Uh, Utah will probably have Mike Conley coming back. You know, you have Rudy Gobert. Of course, you have Donovan Mitchell. You have Bogdanovich and all the rest of those boys that can shoot those threes. So the Clippers are going to have to come very strong with some uh, defense, with some perimeter defense against Utah in order for them to win that series. Going back to the Dallas series, though, I actually saw a uh, a Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard sighting in game number six, the 104 to 97 uh, win. But in game seven, actually, he played even more minutes in that game, the 126 to 111 victory over the Dallas Mavericks. Luke Kennard actually came in and played some meaningful minutes. Now, you guys know I've been on, on, on Luke Kennard all year round. You know, kind of kind of tease him a little bit. I mean, $64 million contract, to me, that's too much for Luke Kennard. But if, if, if the guy can't do nothing else, he can shoot the ball. He played 15 minutes in game seven, meaningful minutes. It wasn't garbage time or anything like that. He was four out of six from the field, three of five from three-piece land for 11 points. That's what they brought Luke Kennard in for. I don't think it's worth $64 million bucks. But, hey, I don't write the checks. Steve Ballmer writes the checks. And, obviously, they thought – Luke Kennard was worth that type of money, and that's what they paid him. Uh, T-Man uh, played 26 minutes, 5 or 10 from the field for 13 points. This kid, he, he just he hustles. He, he does everything it takes to win. He's not going to stuff the stat sheet or anything like that, but uh, the young kid has a bright future, and I think he's really a winner. Paul George was only 5 or 15 from the field in game number 7, 10 of 10 from the free throw line, though. He scored 22 points. The outside shooting came back for Marcus Morris Senior. 30 minutes, 8 out of 15 from the field. He was 7 of 9 from three-piece land. If he gets, or if the Clippers get shooting like that from him against Utah, 
they will have an excellent chance to beat the number one team uh, statistical-wise in the NBA. Morris Senior scored 23 points. As I mentioned, the claw had 28 as he was 10 of 15 from the field, 28 points. Reggie Jackson also played well in the uh, Dallas series, and it looks like the odd man out for the point guard position is Pat Berif, Beverly, uh, unless they do something different uh, with Utah. So Reggie Jackson is getting the majority of the minutes. Rondo is coming off the bench, spelling Jackson. And as I said, Patrick Beverly, depending on the matchup against Utah, they may bring him in for defensive purposes, for stretches here and there. But I think Reggie Jackson has solidified himself as the point guard uh, moving forward in these playoffs. So Clippers, what do the Clippers have to look forward to again against Utah? I think they'll take Utah. Now, after that, you may have the Denver Nuggets, who, of course, is playing Phoenix. Now, Denver, as of this recording, lost the first game last night. But what I want to see, this is my selfish side speaking, I would like to see the Denver Nuggets advance to the Western Conference Finals and play the L.A. Clippers so they can have a rematch of last year when the Clippers blew that 3-1 lead. Yes, I'm going to mention that again. Clipper fans, Clipper Nation, Clip joined in the house. You blew the 3-1 lead against Denver. So I would like to see some revenge there and have the Clippers meet Denver in the Western Conference Finals. That uh, Phoenix, of course, will have a lot to say about that. I definitely underrated Phoenix all year round. I mentioned that in my last episode of L.A. Courtside. By the way, you can follow L.A. Courtside Pod on Twitter. That's the Twitter handle for this podcast, at L.A. Courtside Pod. I've also launched a L.A. Courtside YouTube version where you can find that on YouTube, L.A. Courtside. But, again, Phoenix will have something to say about that. They are playing very, very well. As I mentioned uh, earlier for, uh, when I was talking about the Lakers, Devin Booker is just playing lights out. Chris Paul looks like his shoulder is getting better. He's playing very, very well. And Phoenix is obviously a formidable opponent uh, against the Denver Nuggets. So, Clipper, Clipper Nation, Clipper fans, is this it? Is this your year? Is this the year that you get to go out in the streets of Los Angeles, outside of the Staples Center, and celebrate uh, a world championship, your first world championship for the uh, for the Clippers? Let, let's see. You, you're going to have to get past some good teams. Utah, possibly Denver or Phoenix, and then over in the East. And in upcoming episodes, by the way, I'll be analyzing uh, some of the other playoff series as well. As you have the Brooklyn Nets, they, they're playing lights out even without the beard, who uh, has a, a, I don't know if it's a torn hammy or a ruptured hammy or something's going on with his hamstring, but the Nets still look like they're lights out. Philadelphia, they're playing uh, uh, pretty well. Milwaukee, not I've never been thrilled by the way Milwaukee plays. I do not like uh, the Greek freak. I think he's uh, the Greek fraud, I call him. Just leave him uh, shooting from the outside, and he will not make a jump shot to save his life. Not in crunch time, anyway. The Atlanta Hawks, scary, scary basketball team. They're going up against uh, Philadelphia. So, very, very good playoff series going on in the NBA. This is a very, very exciting time for all NBA fans, and L.A. Ray uh, will be here to analyze all of these basketball games, especially the L.A. Clippers. 
So again, with that, as of this recording, the Clippers will be playing tonight against the Utah Jazz. I believe that game is at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock Pacific Time. And let's see how they stack up. Let's see how they stack up against the best team in the West, at least uh, per the stats and per the win-loss. The Utah Jazz is the best team in the West. Let's see if the Clippers can slay the dragon as we speak. And with that, L.A. fans and all NBA basketball fans, I'm going to leave it right there. Again, uh, uh, thanks for putting up with my voice today. I know I feel uh, my voice sounds a little froggy, but uh, I was able to get through this uh, on this particular podcast. I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting this show on. Also, I'd like to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. If you want to place bets on any of these NBA games, go to DraftKings.com and place your bets. And if you want to subscribe to L.A. Courtside so you won't miss any other episodes, wherever you get your podcast from, whatever platform you use, whether it's Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, any of those five, you can go and uh, subscribe to L.A. Courtside. Make sure you comment, rate, and review while you're on that particular podcast site. And again, with that, thanks for listening. And until the next episode, which will probably be tomorrow because the Clippers are playing tonight. Until the next episode, fans, peace.